Hello and welcome into the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, Season 2, Episode 2. Brandon Bainey is always joined by our District 3 expert, Logan Green. Logan, what's going on? It's good, man. Everything's great. Um, you know, last year at this time, we were worried that games were going to get canceled, soccer, everything, football, because of the smoke, right? And uh, I'm just, it just, it's a slightly hazy this morning, but not even close to what we've seen the past couple of years, which is really nice. Doesn't seem like there's any worry for wor- for the first week of sports this week. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great opening week of competition. It's going to be, you know, in terms of which sport is going to see the most action right out of the gates. Uh, no surprise. It's always soccer. There's going to be a yep. lot of soccer matches going on throughout this opening weekend. And then there's, there's a couple of uh, football um, contests that we'll, we'll talk about. I will say real quick. I mean, here's just a, a sampling of what you're looking at for soccer in, in district three here on the opening weekend for boys soccer Ridgeview at mountain view, Bishop Kelly at timberline wood river is going to play Caldwell in a non-conference game. Uh, timberline is busy. They, they play B- BK on Friday, the 19th, and then they play Bora on Saturday, the 20th. That's a non-conference game this year. Uh, the SIC has so many teams at the 5A level. There's 13 mm-hmm. schools now, so only uh, this the latest matchup in, in the calendar counts towards your conference record. Capital is at Centennial. Hawaii at Bishop Kelly. CUNA at Meridian. Eagle at Middleton. Nampa at Ridgeview. Boise at Rocky Mountain. McCall Donnelly's going to play the Lewiston JV. Emmett at Fruitland. Jerome will play Valley View in a non-conference battle. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same types of matchups on the girls' side. Timberline's at Bishop Kelly. Homedale will play Emmett. Mountain View at Ridgeview. Wood River at Caldwell. Timberline at Bora. BK's going to play Hawaii. Centennial at Capitol. Rocky Mountain at Boise. That's going to be a great game, Logan. Yeah. Saturday, the 20th, 1130 a.m. at Boise High. It is Rocky Mountain and Boise, the two favorites in girls' soccer, heading into uh, the 2022 season. And again, a non-conference yeah. game that won't count in the conference standings, but man, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Starting off with a bang. And, you know, you mentioned Caldwell going playing Wood River. They always play Caldwell's just been so dominant in soccer. Uh, it's just, it's interesting to see how they can dominate one sport so much and really struggle in a lot of others, but they have been so good in soccer. I even saw somewhere either on their, Facebook page or Twitter that they're actually going to feel, I think a second JV team that, that, that is how much support Caldwell soccer has that they are looking to put two JV teams together. So, you know, those kids and not all of them are moving up, you know, that, but that is how legit the competition there is for the Cougars. Uh, But they always play those tough non-conference schedules, you know, Wood River, that whole area, you know, you look at Sun Valley community school, they've been dominant in soccer. So, this that area is tough. So Caldwell, that's a that's a nice non. I like that putting that in the schedule, going to playing a Wood River to start things off. Yeah. So you mentioned Caldwell with the second JV soccer program that obviously affects uh, on the boys' side football in an adverse mm-hmm. way, and we'll t- we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But yeah, opening weekend of soccer in the Treasure Valley, you'll want to keep an eye on the Boise Rocky Mountain matchups, both boys and girls. Um, they will play. The boys will be at Rocky. On Saturday, 1130, the girls will be at Boise on Saturday at 1130. Um, and then also, you know, keep an eye on Bishop Kelly. The Bishop Kelly boys won the 4A title last year. They will play a Waihee as they tried to defend their title there. And and Caldwell as well, always a tough 
opponent. So th that's kind of the soccer action that's, that's going on uh, throughout the opening weekend. And there's also, as we alluded to, Logan, a couple a couple of football games. There's yeah. two taking place in the Treasure Valley on Friday night. Let's start with the Homedale Trojans. They uh, they got to the 3A semifinals a year ago. Was this year the year they were finally going to be able to vanquish Sugar Salem? No, it wasn't, but they had a great season and they bring back a lot of their key players from a year ago and uh, an interesting non-conference opponent to get things started, Logan. Yeah, Laguna Beach, California, coming to play Homedale. Uh, that's just not something you see every day. Um, I like it. It's a it's a fun matchup. And like you mentioned, Brandon, Homedale bringing back a lot of pieces. You know, I is this the year? Right. I, I, you know, Weezer lost a lot and we can talk about that later. Weezer lost some key pieces and Weezer ended up winning the three, a state championship last year over sugar. They got it done where Homedale could not and beating sugar Salem. Um, but is this the year for Homedale? I, I was there for that game, Homedale and sugar Salem this past season in the playoffs and the, the Homedale offense just kind of ran out of gas. And you got to think with some of those pieces back this year, it, it, is this their time? You know, work it out last year. Is this the chance? You know, they they they've done very well over the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens. But that opening week game against Laguna Beach will be played on brand new turf. Um, if if you haven't seen it, if you go to Twitter and look up Coach, um, yeah, Coach Matt Holtry's Twitter page, you can see a cool. Looks like they maybe flew a drone up there and and took a picture of it. But it, it, it's awesome. Great looking field, and I've I've always said it. I think the three A SRV has some of the best venues in high school football in Idaho. And just take a look at this picture. I mean, it's great. The the Snake River's right there. The people tailgate right outside. It'll be a great experience for Laguna Beach, I think, to play. You know, a small town Idaho team like that in that kind of environment. Um, it just looks great all around. So, congrats to Homedale for the new field. Looks like got a, got a new press box as well. So uh, things looking good down, down off of, off the river down there. <laughs> yes, for sure. So this is a good reminder, Logan. Before we dive in too far, this is the Treasure Valley Prepcast, where we break down everything going on in District Three, week in, week out, five A all the way down to one A D two. You can get the audio version of this podcast at IdahoSports.com. Across the top of the homepage, you'll see a tab called Prepcasts. From there, there's a little drop-down menu. You click on the Treasure Valley PrepCast, and it's right there. Uh, you can also download this podcast to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Hit subscribe, and then it automatically downloads for you. That's pretty, you know, for a lazy person like myself, that's definitely the that's way to right. go. Uh, you can also watch the video version of this PrepCast uh, at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page. So for our, our people that are watching on the video, Logan, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. This is that picture oh, all right. that, that you were talking about. Let's see if we can pull up that bad boy. And, and maybe you'll want to go full screen if you're watching the video so you can really take it in. But this is the picture that Coach Matt Holtry at Homedale tweeted out. And what an immaculate looking feel. I know. I have always, like I said, I mean, Weezer, you've got the nice hill on the side where everybody sits on the hill. And then you've got this at Homedale. I mean, there are those people park right on the backside of the river right there. There's even a boat ramp. And I, I, I'm i sure somebody could take the boat to the game if they wanted, if they live on the river. Uh, but th that parking lot, that little road back there is full of people tailgating. Typically, it it's a great place for football. Homedale, one of the best places in the state to watch a football game and just 
that field looks incredible. It's going to be awesome. Just adds to the experience at Homedale. That, you know, you mentioned taking the boat to the game. That just reminds me of the water boy when uh, Adam Sandler's <laughs> character takes the little <laughs> the, the airboat the thing, the little the fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the game. Uh, yeah. So uh, what a beautiful facility. And yeah. like, like we said, they are playing uh, Laguna Beach, which is unusual. I mean, they're from California. They're they're the Laguna Beach Breakers. They're going to be flying up to Homedale for this non-conference game. Boy, I'd love to have the budget to fly up I know, for, right? for one game. Um, and, of course, we think of Laguna Beach as, at least I do, Logan. You know, when we were younger, uh, MTV had that TV show, Laguna Beach, and that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, teen drama and whatever. But right. uh, that's what I think of when I think of Laguna Beach. But yep, that's me too. The Breakers actually aren't that bad of a team. This is going to be, I think, a good test for Homedale out of the gates. First of all, it's an opponent you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, but second of all, you know, football in California is at a different level. And look at this Laguna Beach last year, Logan, they went 10 and 2. So th- this is no scrub. This no. is a, a, a quality opponent. Yeah, it should be. a. It'll be a fun game. It'll be fun to see what happens in the best part. You know, this goes. There's also the Rocky Mountain Rumble in a couple weeks. We can talk about that later. But n- nobody over here is involved in that, really. But it's a great chance to see where Idaho stands. Um, and we've seen recently that our basketball has taken that step, right? With why he going down and playing in some tournaments in California um, during December and doing extremely well and saying, you know what, maybe Idaho has moved up in basketball. And we see so many players taking, getting offers to the next level in basketball. And this will be a good chance to see where are we in football? If Homedale, you know, Homedale is a good standard program, always involved in the three a how do they match up to a program like this in California? And how is football in Idaho matching up to, to a state like a California? I know it's just a, a very small sample size, but you know, we're going to see that in the rumble when a lot of teams from the North and from the East play teams from Utah. Um, so that'll also be great to see where we stack up. That's not just a treasure Valley thing. That's an overall Idaho thing. I also don't know if there's been a time in Idaho where we have so many football players fielding, big time division one offers. You know, it is, it's not just, we're not talking about one or two here and there, multiple people with sec pac 12, big 12 offers um, out there. So it's just great to see Idaho football taking this step and, and we'll see how Homedale can hopefully Homedale can hold down the, we can say that we can be biased in that game, right? That yes. we hope the Trojans come out on top in that one. Definitely. Uh, Homedale, of course, went 10 and one last year, didn't lose until the playoffs um, in the semifinal round against Sugar Salem. Uh, in our preseason coaches poll, as we uh, sent out a, a, a statewide preview questionnaire to every coach around the state, Logan, we asked them to kind of, you know, give us your preseason conference poll. How do you think the conference is going to shake mm-hmm. out? And in the poll results we gathered, Homedale was picked to finish first. Weezer was picked to finish second. And I think you can argue about the order of those two teams, but it's clear once again, there's a top two. Yes. And it's just copy and paste, right? That's just what it's been. Um, When I worked in accounting, we called it Sally, same as last year. That's just been the, you know, that's the three ASRV, right? That is all right. Homedale and Weezer are going to be here again. And I mean, Fruitland for a long time was in that conversation. It used to be Fruitland's conference, you know, Fruitland so dominant and, and, you know, they've been good the last couple of years, but it's just been Weezer and Homedale on uh, the last few seasons. Um, and so we'll see, you know, I guess, do you take that 
Weezer won the state championship last year. It's theirs until somebody knocks them off. And, you know, we, we're we're hoping we can be there for that Weezer-Homedale game in a couple weeks when they play each other. But I think it's going to come down to those two again. Um, and as we saw last year, it really doesn't matter what happens in the regular season between those two because Homedale beat Weezer, but then Weezer goes and wins the state championship. So it, it's just going to be tough to beat either one of those two all season long. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Homedale, of course, lost Hayden Kinchilo, the great All-State running back, but they bring back Jackson Dines, a quarterback. Yeah. Mason Strong, at wide receiver. They've got some really good offensive linemen that are back. Dior Packer on defense is is a standout linebacker. So so Homedale brings back a little more. Weezer lost more overall to graduation. I think that's why Homedale got the edge in the preseason poll. But, you know, Weezer is going to bring back uh, Brock Spencer, the younger brother of right. Brett Spencer, who was an all-state quarterback last year. Uh, Weezer brings back a couple of offensive linemen, so it's going to be fun to watch those two duke it out. McCall Donnelly was picked to finish third. Uh, they were the third playoff team from the league a year ago. They won that Kansas City tiebreaker over Payette. Um, they were so ravaged by injuries last year. They had to play a lot of younger players that got valuable experience, so uh, coaches are thinking that might pay off for them. Fruitland was picked to finish fourth. Logan uh, you mentioned Fr- Fruitland kind of had been the dominant team in the conference. Uh, longtime coach Ryan Tracy uh, resigned at the end of the season. You know, towards the end of his tenure, there was a couple of uh, incidents that happened uh, with the Fruitland program. You know, there was the controversy over, you know, him stealing a couple of pages out of the Weezer playbook and giving it to Emmett which was a big controversy. And then last year there was the, the alleged hazing incident that uh, caused Fruitland to kind of forfeit the rest of their season. Really they forfeited their position in the Kansas city tiebreaker. So they're, they're getting a fresh start, which I think Fruitland really needed. Right. And, and, you know, they have been that dominant program and I don't think that it is that far gone, right? It's only been a couple years since they were in that position. I mean, just a couple years ago, they were playing non-conference games against 4A Middleton, who's now a 5A school. And so Fruitland has been there. They've done that. And and that's just a historic program. And I think, you know, having a fresh start, maybe get some, you know, it, you can't deny that when a coach has been somewhere for so long that bringing in fresh blood does change things, whether it's good, whether it's bad, you just can't deny that a new coach comes in with a new energy and they're going to, add in things into their regime that they want to do and people are you know it's different it's exciting so we'll see what happens with with fruitland um if they can keep that i think you know like we mentioned it's probably between them and mccall donnelly for that third spot and mccall donnelly probably you know they're kind of away from the rest of the everybody else can just hop off of highway 95 real easily and i mean i guess technically you take highway 95 to get to mccall donnelly but a little little different route a little further through the mountains but um, they kind of get left out of the conversation, but that's a team that only three years ago was playing for a state championship. They, for basketball, back-to-back years playing in a state championship. They just kind of, they just slide under the radar. I feel like in in a lot of sports, and then it's like, oh, you're here, and oh, you're 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 good. Um, so we'll see. You know, they they are losing some pieces too, but we'll see how the the Vandals shake it out as well. Yeah, and that's also making the jump from from whoops, uh, yeah, making, making the jump from two A to three A, right? So, and they've just kind of kept it going, and it's going to take a couple years for a football team to to get up to the next level. But basketball seemed to be doing just fine, and so we'll see if the football team can make that step again this year and be just a little bit better than they were before. 
For sure. So it's Homedale 1, Weezer 2, McCall Donnelly 3, Fruitland 4, Payette 5, Parma 6. Now, you can look at all of these preseason coaches' polls. We just published it to our homepage, idahosports.com. It's got every preseason coaches' poll for every conference in the entire state. Now, I will say, Logan, Parma is a program that is on life support right now. Uh, There's been reports and rumblings of Parma maybe having to shut down the season that's what I've heard. I, I heard uh, from, from a pretty well-connected source last night that uh, Parma probably will not be able to have a varsity team this year. They have very low numbers, and a lot of it is underclassmen that just aren't ready to compete right. against like a Homedale or a Weezer. And so, again, nothing official that we've heard yet, but this is a Parma program that uh, looks like maybe we'll not be competing in varsity football this year, which is, yeah, last I saw was that they had sent out, I don't know if it was the principal or superintendent. Somebody sent out like an official memo and that was was the athletic Uh, director. Oh, athletic director asking for participation for football. And, you know, some, you see this happen with programs that maybe have just not been strong lately. It's just, we've talked about it many times when, when you're a kid um, and you see the people above you succeed and play in state tournaments and play for state championships and you go to Holt Arena for a state championship game to watch your big brother play or watch your, your neighbor play or whatever it is, uh, that that makes you want to do that. You know, that steps it up, right? That that drives the fuel for the, the younger generation. And when you don't have that, when you haven't been successful, sometimes you get in pickles like this where it's hard, where – you know, Parma's a 3A school. It's a, you know, we've seen this at Caldwell where they kind of had to forfeit a season a couple years ago just because they also didn't have the upperclassmen that were ready to play. Um, so hopefully Parma, you know, like you said, if it's not this year, maybe next year where some of those younger guys move up and are ready to go and kind of want to set their own standard for Parma football. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Caldwell, you know, uh, because they're, they're, they're in a, uh, kind of a similar situation as Parma, right? You talked about a couple of years ago, Caldwell had to forfeit, uh, you know, the tail end of their season. Yeah. Um, that was because they didn't have enough players that were eligible. And I give, I give head coach Steve Fleshman a lot of credit at the time. He said, look, until our grades get better, we're not going to be playing football. We will every day after school go to study hall and get those grades up and you know football is a privilege it's not a right and you have to earn it and i i really you know he earned a lot of respect in my eyes when he did that that was i think two seasons ago mm-hmm. last year they they really struggled uh to to find any footing and they in the spring they put together a, a traditional uh 4a sic southern idaho conference schedule then as we got into the summer and the picture became a little bleaker they all of a sudden decided, you know what, we're going to compete as an independent team this year, which means that they basically can fill their eight dates however they want to. Uh, They can play as many or as few teams from their conference as they want to, but that also means they will not be eligible for postseason competition. Right. And it's crazy because, Brandon, we were talking offline about this in the 4A. There's not going to be many teams that don't make the playoff in 4A. Right. There's 16 seeds. And, you know, off the top of our head, we're 22, 23 teams in 4A. So, I mean, if you count one out right there in Caldwell, that's, you know, almost 75% of the teams are going to make it in from 4A when you count them out. But I think this is a good move for Caldwell. 
it, I mean, there's no, I, so I'll, I'll relate it to me. I was on a team and I played lacrosse in high school, um, back in North Carolina where I grew up. We were a new program first. My freshman year was our first year of, of competition and we were bad. We played, we were a four, a school. We played teams, um, in Durham and in Chapel Hill, which where do a lot of these kids are parents were worked at Duke or parents worked at UNC, things like that. And they had been playing since they were in second and third grade. And this is ninth graders going out and saying, all right, what do we do here? And we would get demolished and it was just not fun. And I would have loved the chance to, to step down and play maybe a two a schools that I knew I could compete with, even though I'm not going to make the tournament and that's okay because I'm not going to make it anyways. And then, you know what? I think everybody knows, you know, walking in a room, you don't have to say, you know, those kids, they know what they are. They are what they think they are. You know, we, we are, we knew who we were and we knew that it would have been great to have that opportunity to play teams that I, I could compete against and get better and not just get creamed. And so, you know, for a team like Caldwell, you know, I think that that is good, at least from my point of view, the chance to, to compete, to get better, to build confidence, to, and to enjoy the game of football, to enjoy the game, right? That's at the end of the day, that's what we're here for, right? Is to enjoy it. And nobody enjoys that, the, the consistent, you know, beatings. And so having a chance to play teams that maybe you match up more with, that you're able to learn with and to just hang around with, I, I think it's a good move for Caldwell. I, I agree. And we've seen this playbook before. Boise did this uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Michael, Michael Terry has done a nice job of uh, rebuilding that program. And Boise said, you know what, we want to compete uh, as an independent. We'll, you know, we'll still be in the 5A SIC, but th this was when they first split the league into divisions. And, and Boise was going to be in a pretty difficult division. And they said, hey, look, we don't want to play Rocky mountain mountain view. Like, like give us maybe a, a softer schedule. And in exchange for that, we will kind of automatically take the lowest seed into the cross divisional playoff games. Right. And so that was kind of an agreement they reached there. And, uh, you know, will remain to be seen whether that move ultimately pays off. But I would say Boise's program is in a lot better place than it yeah. was three years ago. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, they'd been, few years since they hadn't won a game and their numbers were low too. And then a couple of years ago, they ended up winning a couple of games. Um, even won a conference game, I believe played, I think they beat a last they year did. in one of their games. Um, you know, just, just get it going. Like say, look guys, we can compete. Like we can hang with these guys. You know, we can do stuff here. We can win. Um, and that keeps kids around, you know, it, it, it keeps people there knowing that it's fun to win. It is. And so kids want to do that. You know, and it doesn't always have to be a state championship to be a successful year. Um, like I said, from my point of view, playing, I I knew we were never going to sniff a state tournament, let alone a state championship. But that didn't take away the desire to want to win a game. Uh, it didn't really matter who it was against. So, you know, hopefully we can see that from Caldwell. Hopefully we can see them take that step forward, win some of these um quote, non-conference, non-traditional games that they might have on the schedule this year. 
Definitely. One last point I'll make about this is there is another option teams can go to now. Uh, I think the most prominent example is Wood River, where Wood, Wood, Wood River is a 4A school, but in football only, you can petition to play down a level while your program finds its footing. And so Wood River, even though they're a 4A school, they're going to compete in 3A football this year. Now that can go one of two ways. You can have some success, or if, you, if you're Wood River and you go down and into the three A's and you're continuing to just get demolished. I think that hurts the program even more because now the kids go, boy, we can't even beat three A schools. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword to be sure. And for Caldwell, they can't do that because Caldwell already is at five A enrollment numbers and they continually petition down to play four A. So they're, they're kind of out of luck there. Yeah. When you look at the numbers, I think Caldwell is one of the bigger high schools in the state. Like they had a lot of kids, a lot of growth over there. Um, but yeah, you can't go down two levels, I guess. Um, and I mean, even like, yeah, cause you look at Wood River, I think it's good for them. Cause I mean, they lost to a one, a school a couple of years ago. It's, um, it is what it is. So, and there, I mean, even if they could, even if Caldwell could go down, I mean, Weezer, Homedale, McCall, all those teams we just talked about, that's no walk in the park either. I so. know it's not, it's not. Yeah. And yeah. so hopefully they can get some footing going. I mean, that's the end of the story, right? Is hopefully they can get on solid ground and get the program at least interest in the program and desire back in there. Cause like we mentioned, they got two JV soccer teams. That's where it is at Caldwell. You want to be on the soccer team there? Cause you are going to play in state tournaments. If you play soccer at Caldwell. For sure. Quick snapshot of the preseason coaches poll in the 4A Southern Idaho Conference. Bishop Kelly picked first. They lost a lot to graduation, but they're continually one of the larger programs in terms of numbers. They really just plug in new guys, and it's the same old, same old. Emmett was picked second. I think that's a nod of respect to Coach Rich Hargett and what he's done at Emmett. Of course, they won the conference last year and then got upset in the first round uh, by Nampa, a a fellow league foe that's now in moved up to 5A. So uh, we'll see if Emmett can rebound there. Skyview is picked third. Skyview is a team that people aren't sure what to do with because Skyview was an average 5A team. They were in the playoff mix a year ago, but now they're moving down to 4A where they're one of the big fish in, in the, the smaller pond. Yeah. They've, they've got a great quarterback coming back in Max Cutforth, and I think a lot of people are expecting Skyview to, to be a pretty strong playoff team. Ridgeview and Valley View both tied for fourth, and Columbia finished sixth in the coaches poll there. Ridgeview and Columbia are both breaking in new coaches. Sean Impameni is at Ridgeview, and Charlie Dotson is the new coach at Columbia. So some new blood there. And Speaking of all these new coaches, Logan, yesterday we posted on IdahoSports.com the the coaching carousel for 2022. There was a slew of head coaching changes, and we've got all of the new coaches who is out and who is replacing them, 5A all the way down to 1AD2, so you should definitely check that out on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. And and the 4A just looks different this year, right? So Middleton is gone. Middleton's up to 5A. Nampa is gone. Those are two teams that were always in the mix, at least the last couple of years. Nampa was always in the mix. I mean, they went to the playoffs the last couple of years. Those two even met in the playoffs two or three years ago, I think it was, and Nampa won on a last-second field goal. So it, 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 those are two teams that were always in the mix, and they're gone. Um, and really, I mean, it looks like a three-team conference this year. You're going to have those three at the top, I think. Um it's it's just different without without Nampa and without Middleton in the mix. Um, Skyview couldn't have come at a better time, right? That where they those they don't have to deal with those two, um, at least at a conference you know a conference game level. 
um, a, competing for the spot. And I tell you, I, I really think those three are the front runners for sure in that conference. And, and the chips will fall how they will for the rest of the teams. But I think you're going to see those three at the top. Yeah, and uh, so let's let's move up to the top level, 5A, Southern Idaho Conference. Again, they have split the league into two divisions, the Foothills Division and the River Division. And in my opinion, Logan, for the second year in a row, uh, the divisions are a little uneven in terms of uh, competitive teams. Uh, when you look at like a statewide picture, to me, uh, in my opinion, for the second year in a row, the Foothills Division is a much more difficult division than the river division. So let's, let's break down uh, who's in the foothills division first uh, in the preseason coaches poll. Rocky mountain was picked to finish first. Meridian was second. Capital was third. Timberline fourth centennial fifth and Middleton. The newcomer was picked to finish sixth. I look at that right there and I see Rocky Meridian capital and Timberline as all teams that are capable of making the playoffs and going on a run. Timberline to me kind of got screwed over last year because they were in the Foothills division last year in an absolutely loaded conference. Um, and they finished fourth in their division. And because of that, they, they had a less than ideal matchup in the, the cross divisional games to determine who went to the playoffs and they lost. I think if Timberline had been in the other division, they make the playoffs easily. Um, but you, you can't control right. that. You just have to show up and play who's on your schedule, right? And and it's just crazy to look and see Middleton pick last. And they were a top five team consistently in the state at 4A year after year. And for them to be last, that just shows you that that side of the 5A SIC is, is brutal. Because I don't think they'd be last on the other side. No, um, I don't. I don't think so either. And I don't. I don't. We'll see how they end up uh, turning out. But man, that is that's a tough side over there because you look on the other side, and there's, you know, you, you've got Boise, who we just got done talking about. You've got Hawaii, who is a new program. You know, trying to find their footing. Sometimes they've had great success in a lot of other sports, but football can be very hard to kind of get that going uh, for a new school. Um, you look at like a Cuna who did win a state championship at the 4A level, but had a rough year last year and the year before. So a lot of, there's a lot of disparity between those two divisions. Yeah. And so the river division looks like this in the preseason coaches, Paul mountain view, one Eagle two, Bora three, Hawaii four, Cuna five, Boise six, Nampa seven. And again, I think the top three, all solid mountain view, Eagle, Bora. So, so when I look at the overall conference, Logan, I, I kind of put it in tiers. I think Rocky Mountain is in a tier of its own. They yep. are just so loaded. Yes. They bring back so many studs. Um, the next tier to me is uh, Meridian, Capital, Eagle, and Bora. They're all kind of right there in, in the mix yep. to contend and go on deep runs. And then I've got in, in a tier of its own uh, kind of Capital and Timberline. They're teams that are capable of making the playoffs and then to me from there there's a pretty significant drop off i think you could argue that timberline centennial and middleton could all finish higher than a Waihee, cuna boise and nampa from the other yeah division. yeah I, it surprises me for nampa to be that low too nampa is just one of those teams that they're just sneaky the past couple years in 4a where they went in and they won a playoff game both years on the road like they won at middleton and then they win at nampa 
or at um, Emmett, I should say. And and it's just the way the, the 4A SIC is. I mean, heck, you saw Valley View go on the road last year and beat Minico in the first round. It's just there. I think the 4A teams are a little tougher than in my mind that Middleton and Nampa are not going to be at the bottom. I'm going to, I'm going to say, on, I'm going to stick on that and say they will not finish in last either one of them. That's my, okay. I, I don't think either one of them finishes last. Well, uh, Middleton will get uh, the ultimate test right out of the gate, Logan, this Friday <laughs> night. They will, they will host Rocky mountain in a game that you will be calling on IdahoSports.com yeah. live Friday night, seven o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so hopefully you all join us. If you're out there listening, tune in. We'll be there live again for that Rocky Mountain Middleton game. Um, it is that is a tough first step if you're a Middleton, but you know what? It's all downhill from there. If you look at it from that perspective, it can't get much worse than starting off with Rocky Mountain in your first game. And it's going to be interesting for the Vikings. They have a lot of turnover. Last year, the defense was very. It had some holes. Um, Teams could run all over that Viking defense last year. If they want to stay with teams up here in the 5A, they got to shore that up, especially the run defense. They're going to have to fill those gaps. They're bringing in a new quarterback this year, which is always a wild card, right? You just don't know. Um, From what I've heard from the Vikings, it could be Decker Hagler that starts at quarterback, or it could be Cash Weeks. We'll see who steps on the field, but that does not mean – that that's who who is going to be finishing the game or the season. You just never know when you bring in a brand new quarterback. Um, And going off that, Rocky Mountain loves to run the ball. I mean, they ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball last year. And going to Middleton's defense, don't know if they're going to be able to contain that run game for Rocky Mountain. Just from what I've seen the last couple years from both teams, it, it might be a long night for the Vikings. Yeah, Art Williams, uh, All-State potential running back for Rocky, running behind a pair of offensive linemen that have committed to high-end Division One schools uh, and at it, Rocky Mountain as well. And I, you know, you've got receivers at Rocky Mountain with high-end Division One offers as well. And I know they don't throw the ball, but when they do, they got guys out there that can catch it. Yeah, it's it's going to be um, uh, an interesting opening test. Welcome to the big leagues, Middleton, uh, for sure. Um, and, and uh, you know, Middleton last year, this is the last point I'll make about them, and then we'll move on to the 2A Western Idaho Conference. Uh, Middleton, the big story last year was that game against Emmett, right? It was yeah. Emmett, right, where they they the preoccupation with the max preps rankings came into the back of the Middleton coaching staff where um, – Hey, if we, we had the lead, there's like a less than a minute to go. Logan, you were there, right? You can speak yeah, to this no. better than I can. And I tell you, I always tell people that I, that must've been my worst call ever because I didn't even know what to say. It was just a, oh my goodness type moment. It was where Middleton was leading that game by 13 points with, with less than a minute to go. Emmett scores and they kind of concede. They just kick deep. Um, Middleton takes over inside the 15 yard line and they go to add more points on the board. Kai McClure ends up fumbling the ball. Emmett recovers scores on the last play of the game to tie or to, to get it with win in one. They don't kick the extra point They go for two. They knock it in and win. Um, just an absolute wild ending. But like you mentioned, Brandon, it was predicated upon max preps rankings and needing a certain 
uh, point differential to increase the odds of being at home versus being on the road versus where they would end up in the conference standings. Yeah, that was a valuable lesson to coaches around the state that uh, if you if you worry about that kind of stuff, um, it, it can cost you in a pretty significant way. And to to me, and again, I'm an outsider. Uh, you're you're you live uh, in that area. You're a little more plugged in, but I I really thought the team was lost after that. that the season was lost. I just yeah. I felt I felt like from there, Middleton just never had it again. No, and then you know it's funny because I believe it, you know based on it, it was Middleton, oops, Middleton, Bishop Kelly, and Emmett that were kind of right there at the top. Um, and Emmett had a favorable schedule the rest of the way, which they ended up, they ended up losing the next week or the week after. And so you just don't know. There's a lot of good teams, and I think in their mind they're like Emmett's going to run the table. Um, and if they had just won that game, it wouldn't have mattered because Emmett lost the next week or the, the week after something like I think to Valley View. Um, you just got to win when it's there. You know, if it's there, just take it. Um, and so, you know, Kai McClure did end up breaking his foot before the playoff game against Blackfoot. And that, that didn't help either, um, going into that one, but we'll see what happens. But like I said, Rocky mountain, they just returned so much. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out. CJ Jacobson is a wide receiver for Rocky mountain, phenomenal athlete, great receiver. He has offers to tons of schools, but if he's listening by any chance, he needs to pick NC state and he's had lots of visits. <laughs> And if he wants to be a top-level performer, he needs to be a part of the pack. I know those other schools are great, but NC State, that is top-level. You will never play for a better school than for NC State. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that's my plug. Yeah, so. yeah. C.J. Jacobson, a great wide receiver for Rocky. He's, he started since his, his sophomore season at wide receiver. He's never been an All-State selection. And yet there are these division one schools that are lined up to talk to him. And that is because Rocky mountain has been so run heavy that he just, he doesn't put up the numbers that you typically would associate with an all state player, but the talent is apparent and yep. the, the schools are lining up for his services because he is a physical uh, specimen. And then, you know, we talked about those two offensive linemen for Rocky mountain, uh, Zach Penner, uh, he's already committed to the Idaho Vandals and Jackson Fulmer committed to Kansas State. So, you, you know, you, you, you've got two division one offensive linemen on your on your own line. That's, that's yeah, it's yeah, it's tough to break through that. And, to you know, they're going to be leading the way for that run game. You've got division one wide, wide receivers. It, it, it's tough. It's going to be they're going to be a tough out. A lot of people like the Grizzlies this year, I think. Um you look around the state at other 5A teams just briefly, you know, Rigby loses their quarterback, loses some of their their big production. And that Rigby's been the one the last couple of years, one, two of the last three. So, can you know, is the 5A a little more open than it has been? I mean, Rocky Mountain's just a year away from when they won it two years ago, defeating Rigby in that state championship game. So are we going to do the Rigby Rockby? Rigby, Rocky, Rigby, Rocky trade off this year and, and Rocky get back on top. We'll see. Um, but they seem to be the, at least from what I've heard around, um, maybe that, that top dog, you look at Lewiston up North is getting a lot of love. Um, and I think Highland over in Eastern Idaho as well, but tell you it's, uh, may, might be Rocky's year to come back on top. Not that they haven't been on top, you know, um, they kind of got out kicked against, um, Highland Highland, you know, and see the Highland just had honestly, one of their secret weapons was their kicker and Eagle was fell to that. And so did Rocky mountain. 
falling to Ian Hershey, just literally booting them out of the playoffs with his monstrous kicks in the playoffs. Yeah. Ian Hershey, he's going to be the kicker for Idaho state as a true freshman. So, um, I, I can't believe a bigger school never signed him. That was, I, huge, I still, yes, I know this is game. not the East Idaho prep cast, <laughs> but how did you see consistently NFL kickers not be able to kick what he can kick and yeah. nobody else offered him? I just, I think he'll blow it out of the water there at ISU. And I think he'll turn a lot of eyeballs there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he, he might be busy because I'm not sure that offense is going to be great this <laughs> a year. Field goal opportunities. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Two a Western Idaho conference. Uh, the league was won by Nampa Christian last year. Melba took second. Cole Valley Christian took third. They were the, the who top. called that Brandon. Yeah. Logan, you, you nailed it. Did you I did. call it or did I? Oh yeah, I did call it. <laughs> You're going to take your victory lap, but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll bring up all the times. So, and again, here's a reminder for the fans uh, and that are watching and or listening. We, we don't like certain schools. We don't hate certain schools. We, we like everybody equally, but, it's fun for us to give our opinions and yeah. just because we pick against your school doesn't necessarily mean we don't like your school. It's just what we think. And yeah, guess what? I, At least I have zero dogs in any fight out there. None. Right. Zero dogs. It does not. I am not benefited. It doesn't. I do not sleep better at night. If your school is defeated by another school, I just, I, it's just fun banter that, Brandon had picked Melba, I think, and I'd picked Nampa yes. Christian. And so we dog on each other. It's um, <laughs> it's not a knock on anybody at all. Definitely. And so, you know, more times than not, I'm wrong. And when, when I'm wrong, I wear it. I'll come back on here and say, yep, I was way wrong about that. Um, but also when we're right on stuff, we're going to take our victory laps as well. And that's, you know, we want to get the fans talking like, oh, that, that Brandon Bainey, he's an idiot. That, that's what we want. We want to but... fuel the conversation. Right. Okay. So, um, Napa Christian was one last year. Melba was two. Cole Valley was three. All three made the playoffs. New Plymouth finished five and three last year, did not make the playoffs. And that was really an eye opener. The, the, the first season of the Max Preps rankings, and you're like, all right, New Plymouth, they're five and three. They're going to get one of those at large bids. No, they, they lost out to a couple of sub 500 teams um, in like Aberdeen from yep. from the east and you know west jefferson was right at 500 as well but they they got such a bump from playing west side firth north fremont etc that that propelled their max preps ranking above new plymouth which i thought you know i thought new plymouth got robbed last year but i i do too and brandon maybe this is the year that we that we see that kind of come down west side is not the same west side that we have seen where Literally, I mentioned it. We mentioned it on a post. Uh, we're putting some schedules out. The West, the seniors for that West Side team have lost one game in their high school career at the varsity level. The second game they ever played of their freshman year, a seven to six loss to Snake River. That's it. They have won every game since then, three straight state championships, but they're not the same team. And do we see them kind of? It's great if they lower, everybody over here can come up. You know, it's not, it's weird how a team in Eastern Idaho being not as dominant can help a new Plymouth, but it's true. That's yes. just the way it shakes out. And I'm curious to see second or third week of the year, Melba is taking a trip to North Fremont and we should have that one here on Idaho sports for you. That should be a great one. And we'll see exactly where Melba sits in that and how they can compete. 
North Fremont has taken them out of the playoffs the last couple years, I believe. They definitely took them out last year. But we'll see how Melba can, if they can increase and they can step up and compete with North Fremont a little better. Yeah, both games last year were like 40 to 30 type shootouts where Melba was close, but just couldn't yep. get couldn't get a couple of stops they needed. And their their head coach, Juan Kalunga, talked about that um, in, in our pre-season preview for Melba. You can go read that at IdahoSports.com. But he said, you know, we just we, we had too many mental lapses last year and we got to be stronger mentally this year. So the preseason coaches poll this year, Logan, looks like this. A tie for first place between Melba and Cole Valley Christian. So how about Nampa Christian, the defending league champs? They were picked to finish third in the preseason poll. Pretty interesting, I thought. Yeah, a lot of people high on Melba this year. I think, you know, didn't win it last year, but they're just, just have always been there. And is this their year to come back? Yeah, Cash Buse is back at quarterback for the Mustangs. And, and there's a lot of buzz around Cole Valley Christian, I will tell you. Uh, Mark Mark Moreno has done a great job with that program. Uh, he's in his third or fourth year. Uh, they've got a dynamic, you know, he says, we've got the best running back, in, in not, not in the conference, but possibly in the state, in, in Lincoln G. He is uh, committed to play defensive back for the Idaho Vandals, and he'll play DB for Cole Valley, but he's also a dynamic running back. So, Cole yeah. Valley's making a switch where they had Carter Fortin at quarterback the last three years, and they were a spread offense and sling the ball around the yard. They're they're going the other way, 180. They're going to be a 80-20 running team this year. So that'll be interesting to see. And, you know, sometimes when teams make that shift, you might see a little struggle. But when you have somebody like Lincoln in there who was a first-team running back a year ago, all right, fine, we'll just give it to our first-team running back instead, you know. If we're not going to throw the ball as much, we'll, you know, that's a great thing you can lean back on, right? Is having a great running back like him in there. And I don't know. I, I like that. I like that they can just plug in a new player or shift it and look just as good. And Cole Valley, you know, is this the year? You know, is this the year they break through and show up on a bigger level? I just think that 2A is a little more open than it's been the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see what happens in 2A. I think it's just been like a, okay, just, Westside just books their hotel as soon as they leave. You know, they they leave the stadium after they win a state championship. They just rebook the hotel. They'll be back next year. And I don't think it's like that as much in 2A this year. I think it's a little more open. I think our guys over here in the Treasure Valley maybe can step it up a little bit more and compete a little better with the guys over in Eastern Idaho have kind of just, to be honest, when it comes to playoff time, have just run away with it the last couple of years. And so – We'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun to see somebody make that next step and and push somebody in a semifinal or make a state championship. Definitely. Uh, so those are your top three. Melba, Coal Valley tied for first. Nampa Christian third. New Plymouth was picked to finish fourth. And Marcin picked to finish fifth. But there's more intrigue. There's more buzz around Marcin than there's been for a long time, Logan, because uh, former Marcin great Shea McClellan has gone back home and he is uh, embarking on his first head coaching opportunity with the Huskies. Yeah, and I'm sure that, um, I mean, I haven't talked to Shea about it, but I'm sure that he, he says, just because I was an NFL player doesn't mean I'm going to come in here and our team's going to be undefeated. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a lot of um, maybe like pressure on him to be extremely good the first year, but just, and, and that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad coach if they're not. I just, it's going to take time, I think, to build up that Marsing program, but, but the hype and the buzz around them is there. And that's what hasn't been there. And so, you know, the, the buy-in from Marsing players, from the community, 
probably is increasing. And that's what you need to bring a team up. And so that is good. And that will start. And that's not saying we're not saying, obviously, the coaches have marsing low and, and that's fine, you know, but the the anticipation and I think you're going to see more out of the, you know, out of marsing than you've seen the past couple years and that that's just going to get better year after year. They're just they're starting something. They're st- I think they're they're on the ground level and it's just going to go up. Definitely. Uh, Marcin's big thing right now is numbers, right? Uh, Got to develop depth in the program. Um, they haven't won a WIC game since 2013. And I'm not sure that streak ends this year, not because Marcin isn't capable, right. but the, because those other four teams are also good. You know, it's a good quality league. So um, it is. We'll- it's deep. It's tough. Um, teams are good. And like you said, it's just, it's nothing to do with. <laughs> with them not being there. And I, I think it'll take a year or two before you see Marsing, but I think they're going to come out of this on top. I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see them right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, just so being sec- right there. Yeah. So keep an eye on Marsing in the non-conference. They do have four uh, skill players that uh, coach McClellan thinks could be pretty good. Senior quarterback, Jordan Blaz, and then a trio of sophomores, uh, Mason Enixon, who's a wide receiver, Cash Hans, who's a running back, and Luke Steinmeier, who's kind of a tight end wide receiver. Uh, Coach McClellan has dubbed those those guys uh, the four horsemen of Owyhee County. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, and, you know, Coach McClellan's real big on, on nicknames. Um, he's dubbed his offense basketball on grass. The problem is, is with basketball, you only need five guys in football, especially two way football. You need 11. 11. The, the big the big key is, uh, can they get some offensive linemen that can pave the way for all these skill players um, that remains to be seen for the Huskies? But we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. One um, a D one Western Idaho conference. Logan notice the overwhelming preseason favorite. They were picked to finish first in, in the preseason coaches poll. Idaho city, second wilder, third Rimrock fourth Greenleaf friends picked to finish fifth. And the big question is always is can the champion of this league make noise on a statewide level? Historically district three has not competed well against the white pine league up north or you know right. district four with oakley rap river etc and i think yeah and i mean last year we saw this we had this discussion where wilder finished second to notice right and wilder lost two games all year they lost to notice and they lost to carry and they didn't make the playoffs but it, it's just tough it's tough that you can do that in conference, but then you, you know, the way max preps works, it doesn't respect you. So this year notice is going to play Kendrick to start things off at the eight man classic notice is going to Clearwater Valley is going to come down and play notice. I think notice is even going up to, to play council. So I know council is a D two school, but council is uh, expected to be very good in their league as well. And so they're putting a, a you know, more tough teams on that schedule and you see wilder as well. I believe they're going to play Valley this year over at Valley that Butte County is coming to Wilder. So I really like what those schools are doing and adding value to their schedule, increasing who they are playing. So when you get to October, November, those teams aren't scary anymore, right? Those teams are not, they know what they're getting into. They played some good, tough teams and that when, when the time comes, they're going to be ready. And I think that's a sneaky 
good game to add in for Wilder is adding in a, a Valley who plays in might what might be the toughest football conference in the state of Idaho. Um, adding that into your quote max preps value um, can't hurt. I don't think so. It'll be interesting. I, like you said, notice probably the clear cut favorite, but a lot of people like Idaho city this year as well. Who's been down the last couple of seasons, but um, the Wildcats a little bit of love there. Yep, we'll see what shakes out. Long pin conference in the 1A D2 ranks. Uh, the preseason poll council was picked to finish first. Horseshoe Bend second. Garden Valley third. Those were your three playoff teams a year ago. Um, Tri-Valley picked to finish fourth. Meadows Valley and Salmon River both tied for fifth. And Cascade trying to get back into varsity football after a year or two away. And they were picked to finish seventh. To me, it's a clear top three. Council, yep. Horseshoe Bend, Garden Valley. And I'll be honest, you know, Council's getting a lot of preseason love and it's well-deserved, but I, I still like Horseshoe Bend a lot. And I thought they, you know, last year was last year, but I thought Horseshoe Bend had had a chance to really go far. But because of the stupid predetermined bracket, they had to go play Kendrick in the quarterfinals. You had two undefeated teams yeah. at the time uh, playing each other, and it just made no sense. That's a, That was a semifinal game. Like, oh, yeah. I think right. We, yeah. No, no, it, it should have been a semifinal yes. game. That's yeah. what it, that's not. It, it's tough. I think you had a clear top three last year in one AD two. It was Kerry Kendrick and horseshoe bend. And it's a shame that we didn't get to see those two play, you know, those two play in a different type environment. I mean, got to play in the playoffs. I guess that's all that matters. Kendrick wins, goes on and wins it, but should have been one more round later, I believe. Yeah. And I had a, a Stetson Spooner, the coach at Mullen St. Regis told me that uh, they're still using the predetermined bracketing, but he said they fixed it. So it's a lot better this year. So we will wait and All see right. what kind of fixes they came up with for that bracket. But man, uh, football is, is, is off and running. We've got uh, three games on the IdahoSports.com family of networks yeah. this weekend, uh, including that Rocky Mountain at Middleton clash on friday night it's an exciting time logan yeah and you should tune in you know if you're a fan of 5a or 4a football here in the treasure valley or anywhere or whatever you know tune into that game check it out see how rocky mountain looks like you want to see how one of the top teams in the state looks check it out you want to see how middleton is going to look after making that move up to 5a i'm sure they got a chip on their shoulder coming in picked last. that's not where middleton's used to being picked in anything last that's not you know they're not used to that um, so they might have a little chip on their shoulder wanting to come out and show people what they're worth, but it, it's real football that matters. So you want to tune in. There's a couple of other games around the state that you also, you know, you, you can check out as well. I believe we got Rigby and Coeur d'Alene, which is a massive game. If you're, if you're involved in either of those programs, you know what that game means after a couple of years ago. Um, and I think we got Thunder Ridge and Minico as well. So another uh, game, just, Three great games to start off the season here on Idaho Sports. Definitely. And you can always check uh, what games we're going to be broadcasting by clicking on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. But yeah, there's, there is more content than we know what to do with right now at idahosports.com. We've got our statewide football previews. We've got everybody in except the one A's. We've, we've got a few one A's that we're still trying to peg down and those should be up by next week. 
where we've got boys and soccer previews ready to go, volleyball preview, cross-country preview still on the hopper. We've got our uh, update on all the football coaching changes, the football preseason uh, coaches poll. There's going to be a media poll for football coming out this week. There is going to be uh, the weekend preview where we're previewing the biggest matchups, the weekly rewind, which is recapping the biggest stuff. Plus the prep cast, there's the, the scores and schedules. There's just yep. some, and, and the Friday night flash is back for the second year in a row, Logan, where we will on Friday night, we've got, he's no longer intern Keller. He's now, you know, paid employee Keller, but he's, <laughs> he, he, uh, he's going to be updating the flash every Friday night for us, updating that statewide in real time scoreboard for us once again. So there, yeah. I don't yeah. think that exists anywhere else where yeah. it is live at the moment. It's like checking your ESPN app, right, for uh, for college games, you know, NFL, whatever it is. Um, we've got, as they happen, as we know the score, we're updating that. That is not we're waiting for finals. That is, so if you're at a game and you want to know, oh, what's going on with that Valley View Caldwell game? Well, oh, let me check. Let me check my Idaho. Let me check Idaho sports, right? Let me check the Friday night flash and see what's going on there. So don't forget about that. Don't. I always see it on social media sometimes where people are saying, what's the score of this game? And I'm like, just check, just check the flash. It's right there. You don't need <laughs> right. to go digging down 30 different rabbit holes to find a final score, to get an update on, you know, that, that Wilder Butte County game. Just, just check the flash. We got that. As soon as we know it, we will put it up. And so we, you know, we come into scores probably a little bit easier than other people do. So Check that first. That should be your first stop for live up-to-date scores. Definitely. One last point, and then we'll get out of here because we went super long. But, hey, this was our first kind of real prep cast yeah. of the season. So thanks for hanging with us. Uh, I, I talked about intern Keller is now paid employee Keller, and he commands a hefty salary. You know, all these <laughs> things we're doing, all these new gadgets and toys that we're, we're bringing to you, the fans, th those, those cost money. And so we, you know, how do we make our money? It's through all of the great businesses that support everything we do here at idahosports.com and uh, logan right now as we're getting into the start of a new school year yeah if there's businesses out there send logan an email because we can't do all of this great stuff we do without the support of all those great businesses yeah and like i always say our content is free but producing it is not and so i mean we don't want to make this a long infomercial for anybody but you know what <laughs> if you want to be a sponsor reach out to me it's logan at idahosports.com let me know how you want to be involved. If it's down, you know, just you want to support your team during a broadcast, awesome. We want to have you on. You want to have a banner on your school's page for, you know, their football, soccer, volleyball, whatever it is, perfect. Let me know. You you want to be on a regional sponsor, great. Let me know. We can get it done. It's not it's not a waste of our time for something as little as a small little shout out during a game. It's not. Please, I would love to talk to you. We'd love to show you how we can get your business the you know the respect it deserves and getting the word out about your business and what you can do to help people in your area on a broadcast or with a link whatever it is just let us know logan at idahosports.com awesome all right logan rest up you're going to be uh in middleton friday night i will be uh on the call for that quarter lane rigby game so that's going to be a lot of fun uh thanks everybody for tuning in to a super long edition we'll make it shorter next week i promise uh but we're back and at it man it's it's great to be back talking about high school sports here on the treasure valley prepcast we'll see you next time on idahosports.com <laughs>